You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, brought to you by Onyx Maps. Now, Onyx is one of those must have pieces of hunting gear. Now, it's not a physical piece of hunting gear. It is an app that you download to your phone and it allows you to view topographic maps, digital imagery, and it allows you to leave waypoints and basically breadcrumbs and collect data of all the properties that you hunt. So real quick, this is how I used Onyx uh, this year, specifically on my South Dakota hunt. So we knew where we needed to glass so we, we had camp, that was a waypoint. And in the dark, we had to basically walk 1.3 miles in the dark in terrain that I had never been in. And when you can have a map up on your phone and basically put together a strategy of the path of least resistance to that glassing point, I was able to navigate better in the dark. Then, once we got to our glassing point, the sun came up and we started seeing deer movement. I was able to then put together another plan of how to get from the glassing point to the location where we started seeing deer. And the entire time, I was documenting that hike. Hey, there's some water here in case I need it. Hey, here's where I saw a mule deer. Here, here's where I might want to glass the next day and just basically documenting everything and allowing yourself to have the most information at your fingertips. And it's just one of those things that I think is, uh, has, has no value because it's so important. And, uh, Onyx does that. And the best part about all of it is you don't need 4g to use the app, right? You can save an app or save a map to the app and then you can use your phone's GPS to navigate that map. And uh, again, just a really awesome piece of equipment that I would recommend to any hunter, whether you hunt 40 acres of private or on 33,000 acres of uh, public, uh, there is a function for every hunter. So if you want to find out more information, visit onyxmaps.com or visit the App Store and download today and when you purchase enter the discount code nation 20 n-a-t-i-o-n two zero and all first-time users will save 20 percent
Good morning, good afternoon, good night, whatever. Welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and hopefully you guys are having a good start to the week. I figured I'd get another one of these out as soon as possible to recap the 2020 Archery Trade Association trade show. And today we are talking about boots. Now, in the past, you have heard me and Bob talk about the importance of boots, specifically a boot and a sock combination, because I don't know about you, but once my feet go, I'm screwed, right? I, if I'm thinking about my feet, I'm not thinking about hunting, and uh, I just want to make sure my feet are well taken care of. And, and on today's episode, Bob and I talk specifically with two brands, Lacrosse and Crispy. Now, you've probably heard me and Bob talk about these two companies at length um, on previous episodes, but they were at the ATA show. They were easy to get a hold of, so I figured I might as well, while I'm there, get uh, somebody from Lacrosse and somebody from Crispy on the podcast and talk about boots. Now, I, I like this combination because Lacrosse is traditionally known for their. Uh, their rubber boot lineup, right? But they've recently gone into a hiking hunting boot lineup called the Navigator Series, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard it advertised on the Sportsman's Nation Network before. And then you've also heard me and Bob talk about crispy boots. Uh, I know I wear those out west when I go uh, elk or mule deer hunting. And uh, so you've heard us talk about them before, but now it's time to get some information straight from the horse's mouth. On this episode, you're going to hear these guys talk about the material they use. You're going to hear them talk a little bit about how they design and how they know what to bring to market. Uh, these, these episodes go a little bit deeper than, I guess, the questions that you would ask when you're actually going to purchase a pair of boots from a local box store, uh, most likely because the people who are there can't answer these types of questions so it's a really interesting episode and i really liked this uh, going to the ata show and doing all these interviews with all of these people and uh getting as much detailed information because i think the de in the details is where you're going to find the quality right if you can if one of these people are able to really talk specifically about their craft and in this case it's making boots uh, I think uh, you guys could take a lot away from these conversations. So uh, no commercial today. We're just going to get right into, I guess, this boot episode with a representative from Lacrosse and a representative from, let's see, Crispy. So uh, the first stop we made at the ATA show was at the Lacrosse booth, and uh, here we go. All right, everybody, this is stop number one on the Hunting Gear Podcast ATA train, basically. And uh, I'm sitting in the lacrosse booth with Chris Curra. Chris, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing good. I'm also here with co-host Bob Polanik. Bob, say hi so everybody knows who you are. How are we doing, everyone? Good. All right. So real, real short, real quick, real fast, lacrosse boots. All right. So the first question i have for you chris you you first off what do you, what's your role at lacrosse my role at lacrosse i am product line manager okay. so what we bring to market what leaves the product line how we're solving consumer challenges or problems in footwear and yeah. um, just really 
making those determinations of what we're bringing to market. Absolutely. Cool. So right out of the boot, lacrosse has been around for a very long time, a company with a lot of history. In your opinion, as a product specialist, what makes a high quality rubber boot in general? I think it comes down to two things. Um, fit and finish, right? So how well the boot fits, how comfortable it is, and how durable and the quality of, of the rubber boot. Um, so I think you can look at that those two ways. I think that's really what makes a good rubber boot. Um, got to be comfortable. You got to be able to stay in, in it for a long period of time, and your feet got to stay warm. Um, and then you want those boots to last as long as possible. So with lacrosse making boots for over 120 years, started in 1897, we've got that know-how. And um, making our own chemical rubber compound over the course of those years, using more natural rubber, less fillers, that rubber's gonna last a long time, not crack, not break down. Um, in my opinion, that's really what makes a good quality rubber boot. Okay. So let's talk about process. And I'm, I'm sure that how a boot is constructed constructed has changed over 120 years right is there a is there a specific method to creating a rubber boot that stand that makes lacrosse stand out from let's say its competition um yeah like i think i think the art of footwear making hasn't changed a whole lot there's a still same basic concepts you have a last and everything gets built around that last um when it, you look at rubber boots specifically, um, we have two, two ways we construct rubber boots. We have our alpha construction, which is rubber over neoprene. So that's your alpha burly pro. Um, and then we have our aeroform technology, which is our arrowhead sport. And it's two different processes. Alpha being uh, rubber over neoprene, that's literally hand laid rubber over a neoprene sock. And then you layer in insulation, you do different things like that. But that's that's the construction. So you basically have sheets of rubber that are die cut and that pattern is literally hand laid onto the boot over time. It's vulcanized, it's thrown into a giant oven, it's vulcanized and that really helps seal up the boot. I don't get too technical and lose a lot of people, but, right. but right. that's how it is. Where Aeroform, which is that boot behind you, that's an injection process. So again, you start with the same neoprene sock. So that neoprene sock goes all the way around your foot. Um, that's pretty much said for most of our rubber neoprene boots. Um, yeah, there's a cutaway there. You can see it. But Basically, he's pointing at a variety of layers within the construction of this boot that make it what it is. Yeah. So this boot, these aero boots, we take that neoprene sock, slide it onto the last, and for everybody who doesn't know what a last is, last is really what gives the form and the shape of the boot. Like, that gives you your inside fit. Okay. Right, so that it controls the width, the volume, all that stuff. So everything's built around that, and that's what gives you the shape and ultimately controls the fit of the boot. So that boot, neoprene sock goes on the last, and that last and that neoprene sock goes into a mold, and that mold closes around it. And then that PU, polyurethane, so it's not your traditional rubber, is injected onto that sock. So it's an injection process yeah. versus hand-laid rubber where a little more labor-intensive right. on the Alpha Burley Pro. So yeah. that's our two things, Alpha, Alpha, uh, alpha construction and then aeroform construction gotcha so the next the next question i have for you is all right you, you're an established rubber boot maker right everybody knows across 
now you guys decide to take a leap into the hiking boot. Why? So we've actually been making leather boots for, I mean, long, long before I ever made there. It's probably been 10 or 15 years that we've been making rubber boots, but they've been more price point stuff. And typically um, sold in a region that we like to refer to the lacrosse L, basically down the Mississippi and down through the south. Snake boots, um, some work boots, and things like that. When we launched the Navigator Series last year at ATA, that was our first real foray into raising that quality and feature benefit bar of the lacrosse brand and the leather hunt. We've, we can sell a $200 rubber boot all day. But all of our leather stuff was more of a price point um, reach to, to people. And that's not really where we wanted it to be. So we wanted to start developing higher quality, better fitting, better performing leather uh, hunting boots, lace-up boots um, for, uh, for the hunting market. And, and our ultimate goal here is, like, we're really strong, really strong geographically east of the Mississippi, right? Yep. We're based in Portland, Oregon, um, with our sister brand, Danner. Um, so we have a lot of history as a company overarching of building this style of footwear. But we really want to grow the lacrosse boot world, and we want to be the number one hunting boot brand in the hunting industry, whether it's rubber, leather, waders, uh, you name it, and offer all of those solutions for people. Um, so the Navigator series, we've got the Windrows and the Atlas. That's what we launched last year. Um, that's, you know, your classic $150 to $200 price point boots. Um, and then this year we're launching what we're a boot that's called the Lodestar. And this is our first um, boot in a long time that features Gore-Tex and Vibram in the lacrosse brand. So, again, trying to bring more premium features into footwear. We make great footwear. Um, and and raise that bar a little bit. So um, that's the lodestar. So me and him, me and Bob here, we both wear crispy boots when we go on our Western mm-hmm. adventures, right? Mm-hmm. That's more of a, I guess, branded, however you want to say it, a traditional uh, backcountry boot, hiking boot, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's Western a, hunting. I always say... Yeah, when you get into like western hunting it's a lot more of a more of a hike backpacking inspired bootwear right Right. you're carrying more weight you tend to be going further distance and you need something that's going to be a lot more supportive underfoot but still you know not adding a bunch of weight right so uh what we've done on like the atlas and the windrows i would say is more day tripping and good for sitting in a tree stand still you know you could get out and do some things but as you start speaking to that western hunter and he he's going to be going a little further he's going to be carrying weight hopefully coming out heavier and you need that boot that uh, is going to keep your feet dry keep your feet comfortable and and support you through all those activities in that varying terrain right so so as we start getting into the load star you start getting into into that world a little bit just with the the vibram outsole um, a better gore-tex waterproof liner that thing has a i just showed you some samples uh it's not your classic straight, you know, nylon shank in there. Okay. We just call that kind of like our X shank. And we're talking about the construction. Uh, obviously, you guys can't see it, but there, we're, we've taken the sole apart, and within the sole of the of the boot is just like some reinforcements that help the boot looks like the sole become more rigid. Yeah. So what that's doing, like, so if I take this windrows here, you know, you can fold that up yep. pretty much. Yep. 
where you put the load star in your hand and you try to do that, you start to feel that X shank in there giving you that that right. rigid support okay. and then also your torsional support so like as you start right. side healing that boot's not going to collapse yeah. on you and the more weight you're carrying it's going to support that a little bit better right okay. so so as starting to just um you know play in that world a little bit um you know we're not selling a 350 dollar crispy boot here right. either right um this is still going to be good for that guy that um is out checking trail cameras carrying some weight doing some different stuff there as well but um our hope is is that's kind of going to be the start to our bridge moving west yeah um well i can tell you right now just from looking at it compared to the uh, uh windrose and the atlas that just the look of it alone looks like it's more of a western type boot compared to you know what every, everything else that you have in your lineup so yeah and and i think it's uh you know the quality of the boot the build of the boot um it's gonna last you uh it's gonna last you a long time i mean we we kind of hang our hat on on quality and uh, low return rates and uh, things like that um we'll stand behind our products as well but overall like i think what we've got going here and what we have coming in the future is going to change the lacrosse footwear brand for um, more people, especially West. Um, and this is just the start of that. So. Yeah. so when you guys sat down and you said, okay, the Navigator Series, we're going to start it. We're, we're going to go away from the rubber boot line. What did those conversations look like uh, as far as what you wanted the boot to accomplish and who you were going to be promoting it to? Yeah, so a lot of that, just some of those conversations were, you know, how do we, a lot of it comes down to how we balance both of our brands too, right? Because essentially I'm starting to go into Danner's backyard a little bit too, right? Right, right. um, but we know with the lacrosse brand and how we can speak to the consumer with that brand is a lot more direct. So we can be a lot more direct with uh, a hunting perspective with the lacrosse brand. And But we know we got to move that brand west. Um, so it was like, all right, let's start looking at, let's get out of that whitetail mindset. We love to sit and talk about whitetail hunting. And obviously our rubber boot world revolves around that. Um, so you have to we've had to step out of that a little bit and start changing the conversation on what people need we need to be talking to different people and just changing our overall perspective on what these boots need to do um so it was it was looking at you know how the western hunter hunts how he looks at his footwear um you know we tend to um try to add a lot of different things but trying to simplify things a little bit too um just to show, you know, really func- focus on the function of the footwear. Um, function before fashion, you know, function yeah, before looks, right? Like, that's what that guy's really, really wanting. He wants to know that a boot's going to last and uh, that a boot is going to um, be functional. Like, if it had a bunch of design elements, people didn't like that. They wanted something that was really simple and clean and but knew that it was going to get them down the trail a lot further or off the trail further and and support what they're doing okay so like your rubber line they come in a variety of insulation you know options 
are is the Navigator series going to follow that trend and have a di- like different uh, insulation options as well? In in Windrose in Atlas, yes. Um, so traditionally, like rubber boots, will go from uninsulated 400, 800, 1200 up to 1600 grams. Um, and that's kind of traditionally how we've seen ourselves going early season, mid season, late season is by adding a bunch of insulation. For the Western Hunter, he's looking at his early season boot different. He's just looking at, you know, more lightweight trail type runners. Right. Mid season, you're getting into your kind of midweight backpacking boot. And then late season, you're getting into your more traditional, like, um, more alpine inspired type type footwear right so that's yeah. the other shift that we've had to start to think about is this guy looks at his footwear different than the whitetail guy late season they just want you know whitetail guy wants to pack a thousand sixteen hundred grams into his boot and know that why he's sitting not mobile like just sitting in his tree stand that his feet are going to stay warm where the western guy is more active he's on the move his feet are sweating his feet are naturally going to stay warm there's going to be more blood moving through his foot Um, so he's just naturally going to stay warmer without having insulation so so windrows and atlas kind of fall more that whitetail train of thought let's add insulation um, and get you into colder temperatures um, as we started talking Lodestar and building that bridge west, um, we're going to do less insulation. You'll, right. We may add, we'll probably add something with like 400 grams for that guy that is still going to wear, you know, your more traditional whitetail guy that might want a little bit more insulation. But um, as we move forward and continue to look at that market, that western market, you'll see us do a lot different things we'll use less camo will you do you know less insulation and focus more on the actual application and seasons of hunting versus packing a bunch of insulation in cool. all right so you talked about how you now are going to be heading west and you're going to be you know trying to tackle that market where do the customers come into play how do you guys receive feedback and how does that feedback get put into the design of a new boot um so like on the whitetail side we have so many whitetail customers and we're so well known in that marketplace that feedback comes pretty easy okay on the western side of it as we start to look at you know how we develop product for that guy we're actually having to go out find those guys focus groups conversations uh visiting with people in um just in the field, uh, at stores, at retail, who are actually bought shopping for this type of stuff. Um, and just any opportunity we can to speak more direct to the Western hunter and, and understanding what their needs are and how they how they shop and yeah. buy footwear. It's crazy. Like, I know, I know you, Bob, you know foot care in any condition, in any hunt, is literally the most important thing. Cause right. Whitetail hunting, your feet go. That's, for me, the first thing that goes on me every year is my feet. And, you know, so, you know socks and, and boots. And, and uh, then out west, you know, if my feet get too hot, I feel like I, I start to get uncomfortable. And instead of thinking about hunting, I'm thinking about my feet. So, Well, it looks like the, the beauty of these load stars looks like they're, they are very lightweight. And I can already tell, like you said, just looking at them, you can see the toe box is big enough. And I know... Me personally, I have a wider foot, so a larger toe box is going to be nice. With what you were saying about controlling the temperature of your feet, 
whether it's 70 degrees or typically on a, whether it's September, October, you can run into 70 degrees all the way down to 20 degrees in snow. Um, and a big way to combat uh, your feet being cold is just to hike more. But also, there's, you can't just continue to hike when you're big game hunting. Um, do you guys offer anything with socks? Does lacrosse have a sock line that they're coming out with? or So we have socks right now. Um, we have a merino sock, and okay. we typically do, like, midweight and heavyweight. Obviously, our lacrosse line is probably going to be more focused on the whitetail guy and wanting to layer up under a rubber boot. But okay. uh, we've got, you know, crew height socks. We've got over-the-calf height socks. Okay. Um, you know, and that... And then we just recently hired a line manager that is strictly focusing on socks and accessories. Um, so that line in the future should get bigger. Um, I think we as a brand understand that, you know, it's not just about the boot. It is how you layer up under the boot, whether socks, liner sock, and a wool sock over that to right. moisture away. Um, so it's important for us to have that as an option, and, and we're definitely working on it. We have some decent socks right now, um, and I think it just kind of varies depending on what your application is. Okay. So if you're wearing a rubber boot and a tree stand, we definitely have socks that work for that, but we also have some more lightweight, midweight socks um, for more of an active, active hunt as well. Perfect. So. Good to know. All right, so... We've, we're now starting to see the progression, you know, from the rubber to the hunting boot to the hiking boot. Where do you, where do you see the boot market as a whole going, or is it is is this a stale market, or is this an exciting market? I think it depends on how you look at it. Yeah. It can be stale, I think, um, but I also think there's a lot of exciting stuff. I think there's a lot of um, really interesting brands like popping into the market uh, as you look look west. There's a lot of outdoor brands that creep into our market because that's who's making the footwear these guys want to wear. Um, I don't necessarily think the market's growing. I think it's kind of a, you know, market share grab for a lot of people. Um, and it's also, you know, you'll see some really hot brands out there and, you know, I know how much, I know how many pairs of boots we sell every year and I know some of these brands aren't even coming close to that. Right, but you're also speaking to a different consumer, and I think there's also some mind share there that, you know, some brands do a really good job of marketing. Yeah. And if you want to play in that world and you want to speak to those guys, you also have to talk to them in a more direct way, and I think that's what we're going to, you're going to see some really cool stuff from us in the future along those lines as well. Is there anything specific that you can talk about as far as what is coming or what you're currently working on that uh, might excite uh, people who have, have lacrosse boots and like your guys' brand? Yeah, so it's funny because I have to think about it two ways. I try to think about it to my whitetail guy, yeah. right? And I think we make the best rubber boots on the market. And if you guys haven't put your foot in an Arrowhead Sport, you need to go do that because that boot is you're going to see us talking about that technology more and more because nobody else has that it's nobody has a warmer boot nobody has a more comfortable boot nobody has a more durable boot and that arrowhead sport does that so as we talk about that on the rubber boot side on uh like the leather lace-up style of boot um 
you know, just continue to watch us push the envelope. Um, and it's an interesting thing for us as a brand because we're not known as uh, as that kind of Western brand. Yeah. So we have a lot of mind share to make up. We got a lot convince a lot of people that we can do this and we make a really good boot. Um, and I think the Lodestar is definitely a start of that, of us pushing that, uh, raising that bar um, for us as a brand. Um, and what we have coming 21, 22 and, and beyond, I think it's just gonna, you're gonna continue to see the brand, the evolution of the brand and you're gonna continue to see it grow. And um, I mean, footwear isn't, I like to say footwear isn't hard. Um, but you still got to do a lot of things right to to get that fit, to get that comfort, and to get that durability. Right. And that's really where we're gonna we're gonna focus. So, I have a question: Is the Arrow Arrowhead Sport is that supposed to be warmer than your your Alpha line, or is that just supposed to be warmer than say the the Alpha line with no no insulation? No, yeah, no insulation. Yeah, it's a it's a good question. Um, so we have like an Alpha Burley Pro that has 1,600 grams of insulation, probably our warmest boot. Um, the way Arrow works, we don't have Primaloft or Thinsulid insulation packed in there. We would rely on that polyurethane to be okay. the insulation plus the neoprene. Okay. Um, so it's hard to give equivalents, and I hate, me as a person, I hate giving temperature ranges only because that temperature range doesn't mean any, it could mean one thing to right. you and mean one thing yeah. to you yeah, exactly. and something different for me, right? Yeah. Like I just know over time, this is the boot that's going to keep my foot the warmest um, because everybody has, you have different circulation than I do, you know, people have different things going on and their feet react different to cold, right? So, um, but for Aero, like the seven millimeter Arrowhead Sport, we say has an equivalent of around 800 grams of thinsulate. Okay. Right? I think it's warmer. That's my foot. Right. Right? Like, I know I've sat in a tree stand, you know, 20 degrees, below 20 degrees, where in an 800-gram boot, I'm ready to get out of the tree. My feet are cold. In that boot, my, my toes will barely even start getting tingly, right? You might be able to feel it creeping a little bit. Um, our original Arrowhead um, had a lot more PU, and that was probably closer to 1,500 grams of Thinsulid as well. Okay. But um, I believe it's the warmest technology on the market. Um, it just comes down to how much PU we have. So um, I think it's warmer than what we have. 1,600 grams probably pushing it. That boot may be a little warmer, but Aeroform, that PU just holds your you're not losing a lot of heat out of the bottom of the boot or anything like that. There's a lot of other issues there, but good to know. Yeah. And obviously lacrosse footwear is a partner of the sportsman's nation. So if you want to find out more information about the navigator series or any of their boots, you need to check out lacrossefootwear.com. Now the next stop on the boot train, so to speak is the crispy booth. Uh, and we actually didn't record this in their booth. We recorded it in a conference room, so there was a lot less noise. But we were joined by Justin Long of Crispy, and he breaks down their company, their boot lineup, and just the brand in general. All right, day three of the ATA show, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm exhausted. Uh, I want to go home. But <laughs> 
But and that's not to say that I'm unhappy here uh, sitting here with Justin Long of Crispy. Justin, how are you doing, man? Doing great. You know, these uh, three days seem like a month when you're, <laughs> when you're standing. So I try not to look at my pedometer and see how many uh, miles I've walked just in this tiny little box I stand in for three days. That's right. Okay. Right out of the gate, where is Crispy located? So, you know, I'll kind of say we are the North American distribution for Crispy. Um, we are based in Salt Lake. And then I would say, you know, the, the mother company is uh, is in Italy. So they're in Miser, Italy, northern part of Italy, right next to the Dolomites. So okay. perfect uh, proving ground. You know. Gotcha. So, you know, Crispy is relatively new to the hunting space. When did that transition happen and what did that look like? Uh, so really, you know, first, as you guys probably would agree, you know, the hunting hunting industry centers around North America. So mm-hmm. I think with the introduction and the boots coming over, it really spurred it. Mm-hmm. But they've been doing it for a while. Um, and the hunting in- industry in general is it's been pulling kind of from the outdoor industry and guys are wanting right. to be more technical um, to be able to stay in the mountains longer, go further, right. uh, be more successful. So it was natural for a technical company that was already producing high-end mountain boots to yeah. step right into that space. They just, you know, we were able to provide the direction for it. Okay. So, and how, how did, uh, the outdoor, or I, I should say the hunting industry welcome crispy. Was it a good welcome for you guys? Uh, I would say yes. Um, you know, and then to clear the air on some, it was a no, um, <laughs> you know, the first distribution for this, which some guys ha- have, don't want to let go, um, really did a disservice to the brand, um, disservice to dealers, disservice to guys who were really buying into it. So when the new ownership of hat, ha, you know, took over this, which is about five years ago, it was a serious uphill, you know, climb to, mm-hmm. to get over that hurdle. Um, and to keep it short, basically it, it's a bad situation that could turn into a really good situation. Um, the right people have it now who I work for and you know, the sky's the limit. And, and I think it's being shown based on the following that's starting to really, really bite in to right. what we're doing. And you know, like a lot of companies out there, uh, when they, when they start, they, there's a huge buzz about them, right? Do you feel that that buzz for you guys is over? But what I'm, and what, this is a long question, but what I'm getting at is, that you've came out with uh, a brand that people recognize and a product that is durable and lasts. Like people are coming back to you guys. People are coming back. You yeah. know, I think it's. I think we're able to sell guys on their second and third pair mm-hmm. now. To whereas four years ago it was the first pair. But uh, you know, I was telling somebody this yesterday. You know, I live in Salt Lake, which is the epicenter for for Western hunting, really, for yeah. so many companies. And I travel a ton. I get on a plane. I sit next to a guy. And he sees a shirt that I'm wearing. He's like, oh, are you a hunter? And I'm like, yep, I work for a hunting company. He's like, man, I, I've grown up hunting. I've held an elk my entire life. Who do you work for? I tell him I work for Crispy. And he says, who's that? Yeah. You know, to some people, it's kind of like, oh, man, you know, we're not doing our job well enough. But yeah. to me, I look at that as glass half full. Like, yeah. and that means we've still got a ton of runway to go. Absolutely. You know, we've oh, got yeah. a bunch of people to capture. And, and going east you know, catching the Midwest and then going, you know, further east to the eastern seaboard to where, you know, whitetail is, is king. Um, that's just a whole other part of it. Yeah. Right. Do you guys see yourself expanding into the world of whitetail? Absolutely. Much more? Absolutely. Much more? You know, it's what it is, is, uh, you know, with the Midwest is the first first kind of stop. And that's also just because it touches it. Um, you know, you get guys from Iowa, South Dakota, North Dakota, all these guys. And what a lot of them are doing is they're huge whitetail hunters 
and then they really want to go chase elk too. Yeah. So yeah. you're getting that clash and, and we catch guys when they call and they say, man, I'm doing my first Western hunt. What do I need to wear? Then they go home and they kind of stare at those boots in the corner for a little bit. And they're like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to take those to the farm. Yeah. And then they wear them and they wear them in the tree stand. They're like, yeah, this is where I'm at. This is yeah. what I'm going to wear. Yeah. I had kind of a breakthrough this year. Uh, I did not wear my traditional rubber boots into the tree stand this year. I tried something different and I would wear my, <clears throat> excuse me, my hunting boots, my hiking boots, my, the, the same boots that I wore on my elk hunt and my mule deer hunts. And I wore them into the tree stand, but I put a boot cover on them yep. instead. I feel like the rubber boots are serve a, a great purpose for like really wet conditions, crossing creeks, that kind of thing. But just it's there's so much a hiking boot is so much more low pro profile and my feet stayed warmer. Absolutely. Uh, with the, this. the performance walk into your tree stand. Yeah. Do you think that that play will help you guys? Definitely. Definitely will. Yeah. You know, and, and one thing we don't try and do is be in a spot that we're not. You know, it's for guys that are maybe in Kentucky, Georgia, some of the southeastern states. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's a little bit more um, app applicable. Yeah. Uh, you know. Iowa, December, sitting in a tree stand, and it's it's hard to get guys to wear a boot like that just yeah. because it's not really built for that. You know, I mean, I will give us a plug. We came out with a new boot this year that's going to be called the Wild Rock Plus, and it's 800 grams of insulation. And the whole purpose of that was for the whitetail hunter. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. getting guys saying, man, your highest insulated boot's 400 grams. I love it, but I want more. Yeah. And that's why we did it specifically for that. Because if we can get that guy wearing that boot, then when he needs a summer boot, early season boot, or goes west, he's like, all right, I'm stepping into the next realm. Do you make that in a women's too? Uh, we do. Okay. So cool. this is the first year that we've gone that heavy in a women's as well. So okay. we've got a full leather boot, 800 gram for gotcha. women. My wife's big into um, whitetail hunting with me. And her biggest complaint is, I mean, she just tells me I don't understand, but she's, I don't know, 5'3", 130 mm -hmm. pounds. Yeah. And when she's got a giant, like, 1200 gram boot on and it's just oversized and her it's walking clunky. around yeah she cannot stand it she's absolutely like, you don't understand how hard it is to walk half mile to a tree stand and then to get climbing yeah Do you know what i mean to get i mean it's it's yeah. not and it's not just a performance thing it becomes a safety part too yeah. i mean getting in and out of a tree for yeah. somebody like that's tough and and you're probably on a smaller foot so there's not as much space on the rung climbing up yep. so it's yep. it helps yeah. a lot yeah for me to yeah i have a size 12 so for me to go one size up so I can fit some room in there with some extra socks. Yep. I'm wearing a 13, not that big of a deal. Yeah. yeah, for her to go that much bigger of a boot, yeah, it's like you said, almost a safety thing. So high-level question here, what makes a good backcountry boot? So first thing is going to be fit. You know, guys look at the performance features of a boot and where they want to be at, and obviously that's where you want to start. Um, but top thing is going to be fit. I tell guys all the time, I'm like, the boot that fits you, is probably going to be a better boot for you than maybe the one that doesn't fit you that's good on paper. So that's where we start with everybody. Right. Um, then you start narrowing down all the analytical questions of insulated, non-insulated, where do you hunt, when do you hunt, what are you chasing, and then what's your what's your hunting style? You know, I mean, and that's a hard question for a lot of guys to answer, to yeah. be honest with. You know, yeah. like a lot of guys don't want to tell you that, that they're hunting out of UTVs or they're hunting on a four-wheeler or they're, they're maybe not hiking as far as they are, but it's being honest with yourself of what do you need yeah. because as soon as you're able, able to do that you're going to get the best performing boot yeah and even to the point where my hunting style for different hunts almost requires a different boot 
like for my elk hunt, I was side hilling a lot. Yeah. I was going up and down a lot. My mule deer hunt was longer, longer walks, not not as much incline, but more sitting. Lots right? of glassing. Lots you of know, glassing. And that's pretty typical. Yeah. yeah. So, do you guys now? Okay, so you answered that that question. What makes Crispy's boot good? So it's going to be a lot of the material. Yeah. Um, we use top end material. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're licensed with Gore-Tex mm-hmm. and we don't just use uh, the minimum of Gore-Tex. We go above and beyond to make sure that it is the best it can be. So we run a full wrap. It's almost like a sock that gets inlaid into that boot, hundred percent waterproof all the way up to that, to, uh, all the way up to the gusset. Mm-hmm. Um, we use premium leather products, uh, new buck, um, full grain leathers. Uh, we use premium uh, synthetics in our Cordura, and then we just released a new fabric this year, actually in that the Thor, which you've worn, yep. um, called PUTEC. So it's actually a Cordura um, with a polyurethane weave in it. So it's going to be about eight times more durable, more abrasion resistant, and also puncture resistant. So stuff like that. Uh, we work with Vibram. Um, best souls in the business yeah. um, and we work directly with them for that so it allows us to go our own directions on what we're trying to achieve what makes vibram because i hear that name all the time but i don't know what makes them special uh i think it's the it's it's similar to us yeah. they 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 do so many different things you know they don't have just one hand in in one area you know one foot in this door one foot in that door it's they are all over the place you mm-hmm. know they're doing everything from trail runners to Everest boots to approach boots to hunting boots um, to wader soles. Right. So, and they've got the means to do it. You know, they can yeah. source the right materials. Um, they've got the molds to do that. And that's what's put them into that game. And they've worked to the top. And the nice part is, is that we're able to work with a company like that to, you know, design and put the best soles on the market on our boots. Awesome. I've got a quick story, quick question. Um, I've been wearing the same pair of hunting boots, crispy hunting boots, for two years. I uh, put solid 80 miles on them, um, 2018, no problems. Trained with them, all that. It's probably more than 80 miles. Uh, this summer of 2019, I went on the South Fork of the Flathead River trip. Mm-hmm. It's a 25-mile hike in, and we did it over two days. And after the first day, I wore my crispy summits, and I had blisters so bad that I couldn't walk the next day. I was like, how is this possible? Mm-hmm. I put probably 100 miles on these boots, and now I just did 12, and my feet are a, a wreck. Well, I got to thinking about it. I wore the wrong pair of socks. So do you guys have any plans in the future? Do you guys have socks? Do you have plans in the future? And then what does a company like Crispy selling Crispy socks how does that how does that name go together? So, <laughs> so it's, a, it's, a, it's a great segue. Um, we actually just dropped... Uh, three different styles of socks okay and it is you know it's the same footwear is no different than how your your clothing is working now guys are starting to look at layering you know if you have this super expensive nice breathable jacket and you put a you know a cheap cotton shirt underneath it it's not going to perform as it's advertised right same with the boot you take a boot like that you walk 10 miles and you're wearing a cotton sock it's not going to perform the way it should so we really try and tell guys there's tons of great companies out there that make phenomenal socks merino is key um, it doesn't have to be a full merino, merino blend, something that's comfortable, uh, does two things, helps wick the moisture away, 
uh, to prevent the, the blisters. Um, and then also it allows you to carry less socks. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're going on a seven day hunt, you, you're going to have to take seven pairs of cotton socks. Seven day hunt, you could get away with two pairs of merinos. So we dropped three. Um, we've got a lightweight crew, a uh, midweight mid calf, and then a lightweight mid calf. So okay. um, pretty much trying to hit every perspective and, 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 and give the, the guy an easy arrow. I yeah. bought crispy socks. You know, I got bought, bought crispy boots. I'm gonna buy crispy socks right. because that's what's supposed to yeah. supposed right. to happen. So, and just and, to just to follow up on that story, 2019, I then went elk hunting and probably did six to ten miles a day, and never had a problem. So it was it it's was a big 100% difference. The socks. It's a big difference. Yeah. yeah. So, let's say a guy listens to this and he, he really wants to get a he, he really wants to start looking at an in, in uh, an introductory God I can't even talk yeah. an introductory. <laughs> Uh, pair of crispies what what would you point them at hunting boot 101 yeah. um so really a trying to figure out is this something that you want to buy a boot specifically for this hunt yes or or are you getting into hunting you know are you in iowa and you're like you know what i'm i'm going all in yeah you know i want to go west i want to do this so it's one thing with our line we've we we've kind of term this new new phrase in the office of man we're here to build a tool for every trade mm -hmm. um but I want to have something in the middle for the guy like you're talking about that's yeah. like, I have no clue what I want. It's a gamut of decisions. Yeah. You know, we have a boot like the Nevada that comes insulated and non-insulated. That's, that's like our utility boot. Yeah. Guys call in and they have like, I have no idea what I want to do. Getting into big game hunting, which anybody that does big game hunting quite a bit knows that you can go from Montana down to New Mexico and it's all different. Yeah. Um, so that in a, a boot like the Nevada, you know, I tell guys like, man, over the next five years, 10 years, wherever hunt you go, that boot's gonna get you there. Now, if you wanna get into the nitty gritty and say you're going on a high country mule deer hunt, like, all right, let's start looking at ounces. Let's go with a lightweight boot. Mm -hmm. Let's go with something breathable. Um, maybe something with more ankle support added in there for a 75 pound pack. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I tell guys, give our customer service a call. You know, all these guys are knowledgeable. I answer the phone all the time and talk to guys. And, and honestly, I get sidetracked more than I should, but it, I get to talk with a guy who's genuine and wants to go hunting. So, yeah. um, you know, it's not too bad of a job there. Right, um, but there's tons of options and we can go both routes with it. Okay. So the last question I really have for you then is if, uh, if a guy's sitting at a wall of boots and he sees Krispies, why should uh, either uh, expert level hunter or a novice hunter pick crispy as a as their boot you know the first thing i say is is be open-minded to everything mm -hmm. um it's new you know so uh, so it is new so guys haven't heard it so be open-minded to it we're also you know very aware that every boot doesn't foot every every um fit uh, or, or foot so um you know the it's not always cinderella story out there yeah. um so try it on and we'll be the first ones to tell you if it doesn't fit don't force it yeah but what you're going to get is everything we've been talking about um design product um the best materials on the market um anatomical fit uh you're going to have dry feet yeah. you know it's it's the whole point of the boots we create is so that you put those things on in the morning and you don't think about that boot until you take it off um in the evening and i can tell you like i started wearing you know crispies a little bit before i started working for them um and until you have good footwear like that and you can go through a day to where you don't think about your feet yeah it's a big thing it's a big transitional aspect because i can tell you the bulk of people out there that spend 10 miles on a trail they think about their feet a lot 
So, you know, that's, that's kind of been a lot of our motto is set it and forget it. Just want to say thank you very much to Justin and Chris for taking time out of their day to hop on the podcast and chit chat about their brands and their products. Um, Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Hopefully it's given you a little bit of insight into uh, the boot manufacturing and, uh, you know, may even help you make a decision or what you need to look for when purchasing your next pair of boots. So huge shout out to you guys for listening. Thank you very much for following along. Please share this because I, I feel that of all podcasts, this episode and the episodes coming out of the Hunting Gear podcast should be shared with your buddies so they have the most up-to-date information or the, the most detailed information about specific categories like boots or socks or broadheads or whatever the product may be. I feel like we dig a little deeper into the actual uh, brands and the actual products. So just uh, keep an ear out for more of these episodes to come. Make sure you're following along on Facebook and Instagram on the Sportsman's Nation side of things and the Hybrid Outdoors for Bob and the Nine Finger Chronicles for myself. Other than that, hopefully everyone has a great rest of your week. And uh, for me anyway, it's that time of year where I really start thinking about gear, uh, budgeting for my upcoming purchases, and uh, just continuing that 365 obsession that I have for hunting. And uh, right now I'm thinking about gear. So have a good rest of your week, and we will talk to you when we talk to you.